Reinholds is a social media and creative marketing agency owner, husband, father, DJ, global citizen, keynote speaker, and is proud to bring you the Reinholds Show Podcast. Uh, hey, everyone, welcome to another episode of the Reinholds Show Podcast, voted number one black hosted podcast in Canada. And listen, we are in the month of February, it is Black History Month. Which, in my opinion, and the way we always live our life, is this Black History Month every single month. Not just one month, but 12 months out of the year. January all the way to December 31st. Uh, that should always be the case. However, uh, on the Reinhold Show, I'm very proud to bring on um, a company in which, you know, to be quite honest, I kind of cyberstalked and kind of thought, oh my God. First of all, I love ice cream. Even though I am a little lactose intolerant, so my wife always says, hey man, Every time you're eating any kind of ice cream or milk products, sometimes you're going to be in that bathroom a little bit, uh, a little bit too long, <laughs> a little bit too long. Um, but my next guest and 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 a black-owned business uh, owner, which I'm very proud of, uh, is a company called Sweet and Nice. And this, the name of this company, you know, I, it takes me back to the, my Caribbean roots of you know Jamaica and. We're, we'll talk about the whole Jamaica Trinidadian thing. You know, we still think Trinidad is in Jamaica and all these yeah. different things. Um, but I have uh, Andrew McBarnett. Welcome to the show, my friend. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, Ryan. Uh, heard, uh, heard a couple of your podcasts and uh, love it. So glad to be here. Well, and first of all, you know, you guys are sponsoring the show and, you know, we're really excited to partner with you and, and kind of create some mutual content and and bring some awareness to your brand, the ice cream, uh, but also bring some awareness to um, black business ownership here in Canada. And, and you know, I, I think a lot of the time it doesn't necessarily get a lot of publicity, but, you know, being a, being a black man myself, you know, I love seeing, you know, black owned businesses because it's nice to see that diversity in the, in the commerce community. So just, can you give our listeners a little, just a quick little run through of the history of sweet and nice ice cream. I know it's dated. I know it goes back quite some time into your grandfather and whatnot. And just just shed some history for the people. Yeah, sure. So uh, so yeah, sweet and nice started way before I was born. Um, and uh, as the story goes, um, basically my granddad um, um, was in his early twenties back after the war, nineteen uh, early nineteen forties, uh, back in Trinidad. And, uh, and if anybody knows the story about, you know, the Caribbean, that sort of thing, obviously there were plantations there and, you know, um, I guess one of the main <clears throat> um, sort of um, industries was sugarcane. So, uh, so he was a sugarcane farmer. Mm. Um, and, uh, and, the way, and the way typically sugarcane farmers get paid is you get paid at the end of the season when mm. you grow your food and you deliver it. And, uh, and he was fed up of that. So uh, he he wanted to uh, earn money every day, and uh, and so I think he. My aunt always tells me he had this saying: "You spend every day, you should earn every day." Uh -huh. So uh, decided to uh, to do something that could be sold every day, um, that would be enjoyed by people, and uh, and and of course, you know, when you relax in the Caribbean, you go to the park and you watch people play cricket and all that sort of thing. So he came up with the idea of seeing other food vendors that uh, he would come up with ice cream. It's okay. hot. Um, so he thought, hey, I'll, I'll do that. He never made ice cream before. So he uh, self-taught himself um, to, uh, to use the fruits that were around, mango, coconut, 
Um, so he started his own ice creaming company. Don't know where he got the word sweet and nice from, but essentially he just used to ride his bike around and say, come get your sweet and nice, sweet and nice ice cream. So, so basically, so that's where it started. So, you know, and then he had... Uh, he lived in this place called Princess Town, um, which anybody from Trinidad would know where that is. It's sort of South Trinidad. And then he, uh, then he, he, uh, it grew a bit, and he moved to one of the second cities in Trinidad called San Fernando. Mm. <clears throat> and, uh, and his kids, lots of cousins living in the same house, and all that sort of thing, and took care of all of them. Got them through high school, um, which he used to pay for back then. Um, <clears throat> so yep. I went on to college and that sort of thing. And uh, yeah, he grew his business. Uh, he um, remember talking to um, one of my elder uncles and he was telling me, you know, he even had some cafes and that sort of thing, which I never even knew as well. So he had like about three cafes. So the guy was a serious uh, business guy. Um, and so he, he grew the business, used to uh, sell ice cream at Carnival, um, all of that sort of thing. So, um, so yeah, I mean, you know, later on, of course, we, we came to Canada and, and started the business here. But, uh, but yeah, he uh, basically spent most of his life doing um, ice cream, uh, being innovative at the same time, <clears throat> because it's hot in Trinidad. Mm. So to go around, you know, the road selling ice cream all day, got to keep that thing cold, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, basically, so basically, my aunt told me he took a regular bike, took off the handles, built a box um ice around wow so he can he can balance and keep it cold while he ride around (laughs) Sistown or san fernando or coquier which is one of the other place places um where he sold his ice cream so yeah i mean um so really great uh really great uh backstory of my granddad now what do you think about you know when you're you're kind of sitting there and you have this you know, ice cream company, and you've you've had a lot of media attention. You know, in Canada, the the media uh, scene and community has been very friendly to you guys and your brand, which I'm sure has helped. You know, with recognition and and credibility and things like that. You guys are in Loblaws, which I know when we were chatting initially on our our phone conversation, you said, "Hey Ryan, man, it took like four years to even you know get into this Loblaws." Could you speak uh, to the power of persistence, but also patience, because this is not an easy game to play. It's not an easy game to play. I mean, uh, luckily, my background isn't the first business that I started. So I, I kind of have an understanding of persistence and, and, and flexibility and, uh, and pivoting as well. So uh, I think, you know, when um, uh, I first moved to Canada back in um, 20, 2002, Mm. Um, and, uh, and, and, uh, that's why I did my own, uh, technology company first. Mm. Um, then I went back to the UK, um, 2008 and came back in 2010, 11. Um, and then, you know, my cousin Stefan and myself were chatting about things and saying, Hey, why don't we do something, you know, with the ice cream? We've got a huge family here. We're always enjoying, um, the ice cream that my aunt was always making at family reunions. Or if I would go to her church, she'd always be selling the ice cream after church and that sort of thing. And, uh, so we decided, Hey, let's, let's do something about this thing, right? Let's, you know, we're seeing all the, you know, the so-called premium products out there, but there's none that represents us. And we've got a recipe that we enjoy. So let's do something. So it started back in 2012. Mm. Um, you know, the initial thinking, 
Um, and because of my background, I thought, hey, let's let's. I want to go big with this thing. I don't want to just you know have it small. Um, and th- when when I mean big, I mean in terms of the major supermarkets, that sort of thing. So we started thinking, well, how do we position the brand? We 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 thought about putting it in the same sort of 500 ml size that you would typically see mm, with premium mm. ice cream. Uh, we went through the process of actually taking Granddad's recipes, and uh, and of course that was all handmade back then, so mm, it wasn't mm. the same as you making your kitchen for mass manufacturing. So we had to go through that process. Um, luckily, um, you know, um, we we worked with a, a small company in Toronto. That helped us um, sort of take the recipe and expand it. Then, mm-hmm. uh, then I, I researched and and found out that University of Guelph at the time had a recipe, a uh, ice cream program, mm-hmm. and the guy who was in charge of the ice cream program was a world-renowned ice cream um, scientist called Dr. Goff. So, so we went to um, University of Guelph, and he actually helped us improve the formula um, and test it. And that's it, it. Literally took us probably about two years of that process to get it to market oh um <clears throat> and uh and and then buying the cups and i remember our first run with our co-packer we literally bought the white containers print a lot of labels so so it, it, it was persistency from day one and then finally you know when we had the first run which was just mango and coconut we only probably did like i don't know 200 cases of each or something like that mm. um and then my cousin stafford myself and my aunt rosemary would go out every saturday with a couple of samples pound the streets in toronto and uh and and get and try to get ourselves into a couple of independent stores specifically caribbean um independent stores and uh and i always uh we, we got into a couple and obviously we got a couple of no's too right yeah. uh, <clears throat> and i do remember one time my aunt and i on a saturday a saturday uh, morning uh I, I think it may have been charlie's that we had gone to this this place in in, in toronto and uh, we went in there and then we were we were doing our pitch and that sort of thing about the background story and this and that the other and then the guy said no to us um and uh but then there was a customer in there and he said hang on what did you just say and we said, well, yeah, this is the background story a little bit. And he said, man, I'm from Trinidad. I remember that ice cream. Man, you better buy that ice cream, man. You better have that in the store. <laughs> wow. Wow. So it's, uh, and, and, and since then, we've, uh, we've met a couple other people like that, too. But essentially, it took a, it took a while. And from the independent stores, we went on from that, um, you know, I think in 2015, we were on Dragon's Den. Mm. Got us Neil and Dragons then uh, didn't didn't go through after that. Uh, we kept uh, persisting in terms of independent stores, and we grew that base to, I don't know, maybe about fifty independent stores. Mm. Uh, GTA, um, and then finally in uh, at uh, in twenty eighteen, um, we were able to crack the door with Sobeys. Mm. <clears throat> they, you know, they started, I guess they were pretty innovative, started recognizing, hey, you know, we got the big brands on the shelf, but a lot mm. of local stuff. Mm. And uh, and why don't we, you know, get some local um, companies on the shelf in different areas? Mm. And, uh, and, and essentially, um, 
you know, I went into Sobeys. I think someone had gone in um, from the company before and then um, they had left, a salesperson, but they had opened the door and then I, I went in to have the conversation with Sobeys. Mm. Um, and, I, and, I, and, and the guy that I met um, was from the UK. Mm. Um, he was from the same town I used to live in. Rumford. <laughs> you're like you're like it was meant to be. I got the rapport built in two seconds. <laughs> it was pretty funny, man. So we, we we hit it off right away, and he said, "Listen, I I I I'm only accepting one company in my side of the business, and I can tell you now it's gonna be you." So wow. so we we got chosen um, in the dairy side of things um, for for local. And yeah, the rest is history. Basically, we were able to. Uh, we, we literally launched in five stores um, Christmas of uh, Christmas 2017, mm. um, just as a test. So this is like you know winter time. We're launching ice cream <laughs> in Toronto. So basically, we took a chance. We launched, and uh, and then the next year in 2018, we, we really fully launched properly in, in Sobe. So, so, so yeah, let me let me unpack story. let me unpack all this beautiful story for our listeners. So our our listeners are, we have a heavy, heavy influx of female listeners, uh, but our listeners are love motivation, personal development, and entrepreneurship. And it's amazing how when we bring on guests, and it could range from a small business owner to a you know multimillionaire, zillionaire, you name it. We've had Kevin O'Leary all the way to SWV, you know, Lily Lyons, Grammy Award, you name it. And the common thread is... If you have a dream or something you want to do, do not wait until it is perfect. There's no such thing as perfect. So you're telling me, hey, we went and bought some, uh, you know, just generic plain white containers. We're bootstrapping, putting those labels on hand by hand, which if we're talking scalability, there is none. That's good old fashioned (laughs) grunt work, right? Good old fashioned sweat equity. Exactly. and it's interesting, and I hope everybody who's listening to this story, I, I, you know, it's interesting. I try to bring stories to our audience that's inspiring on a large scale, and then ones that they can't say, oh, that's just that person on a large scale, but it's also right here in our own backyard. And you are a testament to your, you know, you're in Canada, your boots are on the ground, uh, you know, you're a, you're a Trinidadian Caribbean man, you know, with, with a family owned business rich with history that said, hey, I want to take this thing to the next level. And I don't necessarily know what those steps are going to look like, but I know I have to take the first step. And well, and and your story. I, I, have, I have no experience in the food business. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's and that's what was so ironic when I was talking to you on the phone. And, you know, it's kind of interesting because as I talk to you, though, I can tell that. You know, because you got that 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 network kind of background, that computer style background. And when I when I talked to you on the phone, I said, he doesn't really sound like a traditional food guy. You know, you don't sound like a, a guy that's been in the restaurant game for years or, you know, a food food packer or anything like that. But I thought the one thing you sounded to me like was a true entrepreneur. And for you, you know, entrepreneurs say, is there a problem or a gap in the marketplace and how can I come up with a solution to fill that 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 gap? And that's what you've done. So fast forward, I'm looking at your Instagram account and I'm seeing, okay, I love the way you kind of, you know, change up your grid. Obviously, February 1st hit and you have Black History Month. I see you're working with some local food people out in Toronto there. 
Um, I can't remember the one girl's name, but she's quite massive on the food scene. It's I think you have a... Uh, yeah. Edin, Edin uh, Black Foodie. Yeah. Yes. How have you found the support of the sweet and nice brand uh, with the community? Because oftentimes, and I want to bring this, this subject up to you because... You know, people are that listen to our show, they're very heavy on numbers and commerce. When we look at the different ethnicities in the world, let's say we take Chinese or Asian people, they keep their, let's say $1 gets spent. That yeah. dollar takes roughly 30 days to get out of the community, meaning that dollar is circulating in the Asian community. In the black community, that dollar circulates on average for about six hours and then it's gone. These are facts. Wow. Okay, so when we talk about financial literacy and we talk about, you know, black ownership and supporting the community, for instance, Andrew, and I'm not I'm not aware. I'm not sure if you're aware of the statistic. Okay, let's take comments online. Let's take talking on social media in the United States of America. Thirty five to 40 percent of all comments and dialogue online is coming from black people, which means we love to talk right (laughs) now. The, the odd thing is that we will spend money with everybody else, everybody else, different brand names and everything, but we're least likely to spend money with our own businesses. This is a fact. It's statistically proven. So you as a black business owner, have you thought about this? Have you felt th- this at all? Or what's your perspective? <clears throat> yeah, I mean, you know, the, the reality is, is that... Um you know, being a black business owner, um, it, you know, number one, you're black, so it's, it's hard to <laughs> break through in certain areas, especially in terms of like getting finance and all that sort of thing. Um, and uh, you, you know, you, you know the, the the issues in terms of generational wealth. But but um, you know, the 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 I think the challenge definitely is is uh, is being educated. Um, so that, you know, as individuals, we know what's out there so that we can support our own and to ensure that the dollar circulates a lot longer than six hours. Um, so I think, I think the, I think for me, the, the, the good thing and from my experience was, you know, um, yes, we got some no's when we started off because we started off in the community in terms of, you know, Caribbean owned stores, mm. um, and um, and we got some no's. We also got some yeses. We got some support um, in terms of people saying, "Hey, you know what? Uh, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll just help you guys out and support you guys, and you know that sort of thing." And, and we and we got that. Um, and uh, and I think that was the thing that that helped um, keep us going as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even when we did, for example, you know, we were we were basically nothing. And I think in in when was it? Uh, I think it was 2016 or something like that. We sponsored um, uh, Toronto Carnival, uh, the gala event that they have, mm-hmm. right? And uh, you know, all we did was basically connect with somebody who loved our ice cream, and then they said, "Hey, you know what? You guys obviously can't pay for sponsorship, <laughs> but you could do a sponsorship in kind." And uh, and we did that, and and uh, and we were able to get more visibility and that sort of thing. So I think I think you know, for for for, for me, it's it's been. Um, yes, challenging, but we've seen the support. And then, you know, last year as well, especially with, uh, you know, Black Lives Matter and uh, and, and what happened um, last year, you know, we, we saw even a lot more um, communities. Mm. Um, and and that, that really uh, helped, uh, you know, um, progress us forward, especially, you know, as, as, 
as you, you get into some of these larger chains, it's all about the numbers, right? It's all about yes. you know, rates, velocity, all that good stuff. Yes. So, so, um, and, and we got the community support. I mean, we literally had people um, or social media people behind the scenes DMing people as to where to go to find the ice cream because people would go, you know, to one place and they didn't see it. They, they would actually go on a treasure hunt to get it. <laughs> so, which was nice to see. And uh, so I would say, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really grateful for the community support. And that is why you're seeing on our on our site, we we are trying to give back to others as well mm. and to pull others with us to get them on the shelves too. Mm. Hey, let, let me ask you this. I know we're in COVID right now. Because Toronto, are you guys still on a lockdown right now or is that being lifted soon? I, I think it's being lifted. It could be this weekend. I think. Okay. So you're running yeah. everything from your home basically right now. Your team is all yeah. remote, right? Yeah. It's essentially, our, our company has always been uh, um, uh, virtual. Um, yes. So before COVID, um, we were ready, you know. Yeah. So when it happened, it was just like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't keep working from home as we did before. <laughs> um, so, um, so yeah, it, 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 it works in, in that way. Yeah. Is there any programs you use? Because, you know, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a tech guy. I mean, I like to get geeky on you, okay? I like. Is there any programs? Is there any internal programs? Like, there's Slack and stuff, but is there any, any internal programs that you guys use uh, on your team to, to keep kind of the, you know, just make sure that the yeah. job jobs are good and everybody knows project management type systems? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you're talking my language there, right? yeah. <laughs> You know, because uh, yeah, my, my background is actually into strategy and product management. Yes. So so, um, so yeah, we we use um, um, this tool called Asana um, as a project tool. Yep. Um, we also use Salesforce to, to track our our, uh, our sales and and uh, and because uh, our call team calls out to all the stores and that sort of thing. So we Correct. track the uh, all the analytics there. Um, we, we have started using Slack as well, um, okay. and, and that integrates into the other two. Um, and uh, what else do we do? Um, yeah, I think that's that's mainly it. I mean, of course, we got the social media platforms. Do you find um, Slack? Do you find Slack, Andrew, is is good? Like, do you is that kind of your day to day communication tool? Like, if you want to, you know, send a message to your team member and say, hey, you know, guys, can we put up a social post? Like, are you just sending a good old fashioned text message? Or are you going to be using Slack for that? You know, funny enough, we we right right now we haven't gotten too deep into Slack as yet. Okay, okay. Um, because because we're we're let's call it a Google house. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> we we use uh, we use uh, Google Hangouts quite a bit as a team. Okay. Um, so, and then and then again because of my product product management background, we do like standups every every uh, you know uh, Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Okay. Yeah, cause I remember you saying that too cuz you have you do your Monday morning kind of, you know, let's let's get the week started meeting, which you know what? I mean, I I think that's good when you're when you're working with remote and virtual teams, I think that brings, you know, brings some camaraderie too and some team building exactly. too, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And you keep people connected to know what's going on and, you know, we keep it brief like, you know, sometimes it runs over the 20 half an hour. Uh but yeah, it lets everyone, you know, have their say in terms of what's going on and, and there's, there's communication. So let me ask you this. So you have, you're, you're sitting in 2021 now, February, obviously March of last year, the whole world got, you know, what I like to call a timeout, meaning slow down. Yo, you know, this life that you think you're living, 
You need to really regroup. We're seeing people that are changing careers. We're seeing people that are revamping their businesses. Uh, we're seeing commercial real estate taking a huge hit because business owners are starting to realize maybe I don't got to go rent out that fancy office space and pay a killing and I can drop my overhead. We're seeing, you know, we're seeing some bad things. You know, people have passed away, unfortunately. You know, God bless their their souls. Um, we're seeing people who have went into complete financial ruins. We've seen b small businesses get virtually wiped out. People's dreams getting crushed overnight. That's on the negative side of things. I'm a glass half full kind of person. The, the positive things that we're seeing is people are starting to finally look inside themselves and saying, what do I want to do with my life? Just because my parents were doctors or lawyers or this and that, maybe that's not my passion. Maybe my passion is to go make ice cream. Maybe my passion, you know, is to go be a carpenter because this is something I wanted to do my whole life. I cannot tell you, Andrew, how many conversations I've had with people. Well, the level of conversations have gotten better because I think people have more time <laughs> where they actually want to talk now. But people saying, Ryan, I mean, there is so much bad that happened to me during this time. But I, I got to tell you, man, I there's so much great that's come out of this. And I, I'm actually looking forward to the future that's around the corner for us. For you personally, has this been any have you had any kind of revelation or wake up call or kind of an introspection where you said, wow, OK, yeah, maybe I'm going to maybe I'm going to try that or maybe I could tweak that or, you know, maybe my priorities were a little different and I am going to change or make some more time. Has there been anything for you that's kind of I think I think for me, um, yeah, it's, it's it, it. Yeah, it has been an interesting time. We've, we've had a few impacts as well in terms of family members passing and all that sort of thing too due, mm. due to this and and it has made you take a you know look internally and think you know what am i doing what's more important what's the priority um that sort of thing and and uh, a, a lot of people you know like me with with young kids they mm. you know they, they're home so you get to spend a lot more time with them you're closer to them um, you know, that sort of thing. And, and, and Andrew, before you continue, I got, I got, I got, I got to bug you, man. I got a 21 month old daughter, Talia. My son, Dejan is four. And you're telling me before we press the record, you're getting up at 7 a.m. I don't know how you're doing it, man. I'm up at like, my daughter's like, uh, the house is going to wake up today at 4.30 or 5 o'clock and that's it. So I, 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 you got to tell me your secrets, man. I mean, I don't know. That's starting work at 7 a.m. I'm not waking up. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm, I'm usually I'm usually up earlier than that because like my daughter inherited my genes and she uh, she wakes up at you know I call her my my uh, natural alarm clock so basically she's up at like six thirty six six thirty every morning even though the weekend so yeah <laughs> so so no man yeah so um so but but you know going back to you know this year so. That that um, has made me look at things a bit more in terms of saying, hey, you know, in terms of my goals, it's got to also include my family goals, what I want to make sure I, you know, spend more time with my kids and, you know, get them focused in terms of from now what they, you know, figuring out there, mm. um, what they like, spending mm. more time with them as well. Um, <clears throat> you know, also help me, you know, think as well in terms of, hey, you know, with the business, where do we want it to go? Um, how fast do we want to get there? Um, you know, I don't know if you, you uh, know, but we we, we have um, uh, Wes Hall is on board uh, our company as, as the chairman. So um, <clears throat> Wes is a uh, 
you know, the the chairman of Kingsdale um, in Toronto. Mm. So, uh, so, so, you know, it, it, it has made me kind of take a step back and, and really try to figure out what's next, what's the, what's the best approach to do things. Um, also, you know, looking at uh, personal growth as well, right? You know, like uh, I've always been, my, my family uh, is very musical except me. Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was musical in terms of like being in the church choir and all that sort of thing. Yeah. But, uh, but nothing in terms of instruments. So I started learning the guitar last year as well. Oh, wow. So, 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 you know, taking a step back and, and doing certain things, also thinking about, you know what, now that we can't travel, because I used mm. to be like traveling every month or yes. days, we can't travel. And uh, so it's made me also think in terms of bucket lists of places I want to visit, um, <clears throat> try to go back to, to London a lot more mm. um, you know, and, and Trinidad as well. Uh, and my wife's Jamaican, so do that more every year as well too. So, so yeah, it has made you really, you know, take a step back and really look at what's important. Really, it's it's funny because I, I I hear everything you're saying and I I kind of hear the way you just kind of segued. You said, yeah, you know, go back to London, and my wife is Jamaican, eh? and everybody listening <laughs> to the body and everybody listening to the podcast like Trinidadian Jamaican. I'm like. I, I would love to hear those conversations in the McBarnett household. I, I think I know who's winning, but I can't be entirely sure, right? <laughs> you know, I, I think I told you the joke in terms of when I met my, my wife. Yes. I told, I told her I was from Trinidad. She said to me, oh, what part of Jamaica is that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm a proud Trini, man. Yo, tell your wife I love her, man. I mean, she's she's she, you know enough respect, man. She cause cause Jamaicans, the running joke is always we think we're the Caribbean, like whether you're the end all be all. Of, it's like no, no, man. There's so many different islands. I'm like no, no, but there's only one, one love. <laughs> I hate, I love Jamaica, man. <laughs> you know, it's it's funny you bring up London because you know prior to COVID, my wife and I were I. There's, you know, I, I don't know if you're like me, but sometimes I, first of all, I love traveling. So I, I, I totally understand what you mean. I love traveling, not for the whole tourist aspect of it. I love traveling to see how other people live, the cultures, the lifestyles. And for me, when you go on a trip, if you go there with saying I'm open-minded and I'm willing to live and, and experience the local life, I just think it's like a, it's like a two-year university education wrapped into a 10-day trip. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, and yeah. L- London, of all the places we've been, we've never been to London. So we had a beautiful trip booked to London. I actually had two clients lined up down there. We're already, my wife is, we're big foodies, borough market. We're thinking, hey, where can we go? We want to try some good Caribbean spots. And we're and we're researching like some back alley, just crappy. <laughs> but I said, I want to get some food. Like I want to eat yeah, how, yeah. you know? And, you know, COVID hit and I just, we were disappointed because I said, oh my God, we're going to go to London and then fly to Italy. But um, London for you, ha- have you been to New York? Yes, I have. How, how, I, I like a lot of people seem to kind of talk about London, New York. What would be yeah, your, opi- what would be I, your opinion on that? Yeah, I, I would say so. I remember um, <clears throat> going to, uh, to New York, um, staying in Manhattan with my wife, I, mean, I was I was saying to man, it feels like England in London. Basically, it does feel a bit like London in terms of um, the grit and that sort of thing. So and the busyness as well. Yes. Um, 
Um, so yeah, it definitely does feel like that. And you know, I, I grew up in, in, in Trinidad and went to London later on in life in terms of university, met my wife there and that sort of thing. So it is it is definitely like a uh, second home to me. So yeah, love the place, love the food. Food yeah. there is amazing in terms of the the uh the mishmash of uh um you know Caribbean, European, African. Yes, yeah. yeah, so it's uh it's pretty it's pretty cool. And I'm going to say this too, Andrew, is that this is the thing, man, is that you are, I mean, your accent, like even when you do a cold call, like if somebody cold calls me and, and tries to sell me something, when they say, hey, how's it going? I'm like, and then I hear this nice British accent. Hello. I'm like, like, I'll listen. Like, I think you, I think you, I think, I think you have a bit of an advantage with the voice. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You do. Even when I do this podcast right now, people are going to be like, who is that other uh, UK British guy on the line right now talking all talking all good? Like you make something dirty sound so damn good. Like you make it sound so good. Like even if you're upset with somebody, you're like, I mean, you make it sound in a way, right? That's the open doors for me in terms of jobs. So yeah. <laughs> uh, so sweet, sweet and nice. So I reached out to you guys. I said, uh, you know, I would love to work with you. It's very interesting and kind of going into the the community support and, and black ownership. And I, and I looked at some of my programming, you know, we've had a hundred and you know, 25, 26 episodes now. And I said, you know, you know, this, when you start a new venture, you know, for me, I own a marketing agency and that's my bread and butter. And I said, I, you know, I really want to start this show and I want to bring on some of the best minds of the world. And so I started doing that, but it wasn't, it wasn't with any intention of making money or turning it into a business. To be quite honest with you, it was more of a branding play, uh, a lead generation play, but just right. kind of a passion project saying, I really love this. And I, I love picking people's brains. I love the curiosity. I like hearing people's perspectives, different stories. And I, you know, then, you know, we fast forward to now and it's like, no man, you love this. Like you, you're, you're making this into a business and we've done well with it. However, I look at my programming and I look at where do I want to, where do I want to take my audience and then what do I want to do for programming? And it's it's interesting because it, this show started very heavy on business and marketing. And what I found was, you know, a lot of our guests, we started having conversations that were personal. And our and our listeners would, would often reply back and say, Ryan, I enjoy the, the episode. Yes, I learned some really good, valuable nuggets, but I love the perspective of that personal, you know, touch to, to really feel this business owner. And I, I said to myself, I really want to showcase, you know, black business, black owned businesses or diverse owned businesses, because I feel that even when I'm looking at other podcasts or shows or mainstream media, you just don't see a lot of it. That It's just like even Andrew, if you go Google right now, black podcast hosts in Canada or in the world, like you don't see a lot. Right. Yeah. So we need more representation. For sure. Yeah. So f- when I look at you, I say. Well, oh my God, you're in 2021. And for you guys, I just think you have this wealth of knowledge. You have a lot of people who are younger even that are on the come up that would love to have your mind be heard so that they could learn from you. Mm-hmm. Is this something that you've sat around with your marketing or communications team and thought, well, geez, we have this beautiful thing called the internet. We could have podcasts. We could have our own show. We could do all these different things. We could essentially take sweet and nice and have a sweet and nice kind of media division because I tell brands now I say don't just think about the bottom line anymore think of think like a media company mm. and when people start to do that 
Like you said, people are direct messaging. Where can I get this ice cream? Why is it not in stock? What's going on here? But the moment you come out like a media company and you start talking about sweet and nice like that, like even when we do this podcast now, I'm going to wrap it up. I'm going to edit it. It's going to look funky. It's going to look cool. And people are going to be like, oh my God, what's this ice cream? I got to try this ice cream. Mm -hmm. Have you you thought about things that way? Well, uh, (laughs) I'll be honest with you. Not really. Okay, Um, that's good. You know, you know, I've got I've got a, a bit of a background in in, uh, in marketing as well, but uh, you know, I think where I'm coming from in terms of being able to get the name out there a bit more, but also let's just say um, to help my my you know personal let's just call it um, to get personal dream has always been to you know be involved in a in a uh, in a fund that actually helps other black businesses. Ah, yes. And that's why um, I'm doing business to be able to get there eventually. Yes. So so either owning it on my own or being a part of something. Mm. Um, and, uh, and and for me, because I, I, I realize in terms of, um, like I mentioned, this isn't my first business. I ran a software company before. Mm. Um, and, um, <clears throat> and the challenges in terms of Again, the generational wealth um, challenges, not having the capital to actually start something to ensure that it can go big, um, mm. get you know investors on board quickly, that sort of thing. Um, for me, that's a real passion of mine, um, and and basically ensuring that you know um, helping other businesses as well, um, you know, um, <clears throat> especially minority-owned businesses. So you know, usually when people ask me for for sort of help um in, in terms of like picking my brain and stuff i'm, I'm usually open to to helping mm. as much as i can um mm. because i want to make sure that there there are others um who can follow in my path because when i started stuff there was literally no one um yes. to, to reach yes. out or to um there were only other people outside of our community yes. um that that helped so, so for me, um, that's why I thought, hey, working, um, doing the podcast stuff with you would be a way as well to be able to empower others, let people know that, hey, you can, you can, no matter whatever, whatever your idea is, you can do it. Like you said, persistency, you got to stick mm. at it. Um, my, my thing is, you know, stick at it until the door opens because eventually, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, yes. so. So that's that's how I look at things in terms of the the passion, and I've got some ideas in terms of you know helping other food brands as well. Um, let's again, there's just not enough of us on the shelves. Just not enough of us on the shelves. I want to, and I want to add to this, Andrew. So first of all, if somebody sends you a message or email or text and says, "Hey, Andrew, you know, I want to pick your brain," I get these messages all the time, and unfortunately, and you know, and I always say, "Delayed is not denied." You know, I only have so many so many hours in the day, right? So I try to do my best, but I can't get to everybody. But I could spend, we're, we've been talking right now, uh, 39 minutes, 55 seconds. I could do that with one person, or I could do that with 30,000 people. Yes. Now, yes. how many more people am I hitting as opposed to doing it one-on-one? This is yeah, one of the right. motivations for me reaching out to you was just saying, hey, Andrew, I think you need to really think about using your voice on scalability so that somebody listening to this show, they can say, like, this is our first show together. So it's, you know, a good introduction giving everybody. But 
when you keep coming on, we're going to go into very specific topics. So if somebody says, hey, yeah. hey, Andrew, uh, you know, I'd love to pick your brain about that. You're like, well, actually, I did a podcast episode and we talked about yeah. this on the episode. Send them the link. Say, have a yeah. listen. If you have any further questions, let me know. This yeah. is what has to happen in our community. The simple action of voice. I'm going to give you an example. There's a lady named Amy Porterfield. You might not know of her, but she's massive on basically online. She teaches women how to create courses to kind of get unstuck and out of their cubicle. She's massive. Like I call her the Oprah Winfrey of, of course building online. If you Google her, you'd be like, wow. She was on our show a couple of days ago. And she said, Ryan, it's very well known that when the situation with George Floyd happened, she she really caters to kind of that suburban white mom in the States, right? Uh, from California, moved to, to Nashville. But she said, you know, Ryan, when this George Floyd thing happened, I people started questioning me and saying, Amy, how come I don't see diversity, diverse people or black females or, you know, any of these types of people on your show as a guest? And she said it was really, uh, she didn't use the word traumatic, but she said I was really taken back because I actually looked at this. She's done like three, four hundred podcast episodes. She's like, Ryan, they were right. Like, I don't have one black guest, black female guest. And she said, uh, then she said, Ryan, I made matters worse. I responded to the George Floyd situation with a quote from a white woman. <laughs> so so not 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 a black woman, not a black man. And. She said, I just really showed me how like I, I, she said, and this is her word. She said, I didn't realize I was kind of a part of the problem and I wasn't trying to do it directly. Yeah. So her and I got to talking and I said, well, Amy, have you ever been on a black hosted podcast? And she said, Ryan, I don't know of a lot of black hosted podcasts. And it was a really good, you know, discussion. And she said, well, Ryan, you know, what do you do? And I said, listen, Amy, I get a lot of reach outs from you know, young black kids and things like that. Hey, Ryan, how do you, how do you do this? How have you done well in business? How do you get on the mic? So she said, well, Ryan, what have you done to kind of curb that need? And I said, to be quite honest with you, I'm producing content, but you know, I should maybe create a course around black, you know, around, Hey, how to podcast, how to use your voice. Yeah. So it's interesting that my whole message from this, from the get was always, Hey, Andrew, I want to plant the seed in your brain amidst you running all your business. What are you doing for your legacy in terms of recording all your beautiful brain so that long after you're gone, people can still get actionable information from that hard work, sweat equity? It's yes. a great good. question, brother. Good, good point, man. I think, I think accountability, you know, Andrew, accountability is <laughs> where I'm going here. Listening to you there is uh, that's uh, that's pretty interesting. It's almost like creating a uh, uh, a, a virtual generational wealth. Um, it, you know, you know that, Andrew, that's, it's called social currency, Andrew. Social yeah. currency. There's monetary currency, okay? There's brand currency. Brand currency means, hey, when I see sweet and nice, am I willing to pay $7.99 or why will I only pay $2.99? That means what kind of equity have you built into your brand? It's, it doesn't matter what you think your product is, is worth. It matters what the marketplace and your customer thinks your product's worth, right? Yeah, Absolutely. And and they come to that from the branding in which you've done to make that appeal on them, right? So this is where I'm excited because I'm like, whoa, the biggest thing that, you know, in, in the young black community, you know what the issue is right now, Andrew? People are saying, you see these, we have personality. What black people do you meet that don't like to talk? 
Like, if you're quiet and you're black, it's weird, right? You're like, what's wrong with that guy? What's wrong with that girl? We like to talk. Yes. So, but why are we not stepping on a mic and, and yes. using our internet yes. and using our social media and putting the message out? Now, yeah. I get it. There's so many reasons because it also comes back to generational wealth. It comes back way back to history where it was told, you don't have a voice. Don't yeah. use your voice. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And and I get that, and it's a very sensitive subject, but I I can't change the past. But what I can do is help propel the future. So yeah. I'm all in, I'm all in on helping propel the future. So I got Andrew here, who's a business boom with the nice UK British accent, you know, <laughs> that had that has a wealth of knowledge. So yeah, yeah, that's this is my question to you is. I hope when you leave off this call in this podcast, I want you to think, because I'm going to ask you again, and we're going to talk more about it, is what are you doing to make sure that you're somewhat documenting your wisdom in your brain so that multiple people can use that as a playbook to help them get started long after you've left our beautiful earth? And yeah. your l- legacy. Yeah. It's a good, it's a good question, and uh, and yeah, no, it's uh, it definitely is making me think, and and uh, you know, I think as as we go through these podcasts, definitely it, it'll help me get there as well. <laughs> so, so no, yeah, I love no, it. Good, good, good point, man, Ryan. Good point. I completely agree. I love it. So, uh, and, and we're gonna wrap up here. So, I guess all I'd like to say, you know, is, is, is terms of a sweet nices, um, and I'm gonna let you get to the point where you know where where people can find it and whatnot. Is there, uh, is there anything about this ice cream? Because I, I just love the the history of, of of your grandfather, and you know I can it's it's amazing. I'm a very imagery person. I can imagine the guy running down the street just like sweet and nice, sweet and nice, and just selling it like the Dickie D, you know, like just 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 the pure just a pure street hustler, you know, and just hey man, you know you got I got five of this, I got seven of that, I got eight of this, I got nine of that. I'll give you two for one, like you know, and just just wheeling and dealing. What would you say is kind of the one thing that when you guys are running your business and you think of kind of what he was doing, do you see any similarities or is there anything that you guys kind of laugh about and say, man, like he would be so proud right now if if he knew, if he's seeing what is happening right now with, with this brand from just the tiny little place of Trinidad? Yeah, I think uh, it's funny. Uh, we, uh, I think we were in an interview this week and my aunt actually answered that question because it's her dad, right? <laughs> um, I, I just used to, as a kid, get free ice cream from him. So, <laughs> so, so basically, you know, she was she was saying that, you know, in answer to the question is that she he, he visited Canada once um, mm. and, uh, and she was saying it would be amazing to hear him, hear from him what he thought about the fact that his name, his 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 image, um, and his recipes are available across a, a, a country he only ever visited once, and uh, and and to see where he would have you know um, taken it from the the streets of Trinidad, you know, running up and down, <clears throat> growing it a bit in terms of. Um, you know, internet that, and now to see it that that basically, you know, when we do a manufacturing run, it's thousands of liters of ice cream being created, um, you know, and, and cups being filled, goes to storage, trucks to Montreal and to Vancouver, and uh, and then people can walk into a store that you know 
you know, um, that he can walk into a store he'd never been to before and see his his name and something. So I think I think he'd be tremendously uh, proud of um, of that side of things and and knowing that we've we've basically kept the family legacy alive, basically. I think that's beautiful. That's beautiful. And for everybody listening, and I'm going to put all the details of, of your website and everything like that in the show notes. How can people find the sweet and nice ice cream? Do you guys have a store locator located on your website or anything like that? What's yeah, the best way they can find? Yeah, that's that's the best way. We have a store locator on our website. So when you when you go to the details at your list, you can you can click in terms of finding a store. Um, in uh, basically the brands that we're in um, are uh, Sobeys. Um, um, Foodland, if you're in Ontario, um, also um, we're in Freshco as well across the country. Um, mm. So Freshco are, are in Ontario, uh, BC, Saskatchewan, and Manitoba, um, and uh, and we're in independent stores in uh, in 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 Quebec. We're also in Metro and No Frills, um, and about to roll out some more um, in uh, with with uh, with Loblaws. Um, hopefully. Um, in in your in your part of the world, um, Ryan, in terms of Alberta, yes, so, yeah. man, yeah. yes. Where, where, so that's that's where you can find us today. So you know, it's funny because I I have uh, two homes. So I I'm based in Edmonton, Alberta, and then right now I'm at my home in Fairmont, British Columbia, which is uh, maybe maybe kind of central BC, a little closer to the south. Beautiful. Uh, we love BC. I think BC though, here where we are at this this is kind of our we love this place, man. It's so you've been out out west, right? Oh yeah, I love BC, man. Yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, it's like a it's a postcard everywhere with the mountains <laughs> and and everything, yeah. right? I always say if I could combine the city of Toronto, like if I could go <laughs> if I could combine half of Toronto with half of Vancouver, like that's my ultimate city, <laughs> you know? Cuz I love I love the brick city, man. Like I love the hustle. Even when I walk yeah. in waterfront and I like when I go downtown Toronto, man, there used to be this nightclub there, a place called Joe Mama's is uh, in the financial district. Oh, my God. You see all these older black dudes with the top hat on. And I took my wife there. Anyway, long story short, we had a baby. But no, no, I'm just joking. Um, You know, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> you, yeah, man, you know, it just I think I always love Toronto just because it's just a vibe city, man. Like there's and the, there, and I think what I really love, it's truly a cultural a hot pot, melting pot. There is no kind of food you cannot find in Toronto. There's everything, yeah. all walks of life. Yeah, no, no, it's 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 great. And, and, and in that way, it reminds me of London as well in terms of like that melting pot, right? Yes. Um, and the different foods and all that sort of thing. I love me a shawarma and all that kind of thing, you know? So, yeah, so yeah man, it's, it's, it's great. It's great. And I love BC as well. I love it, man. Uh, well, everybody listening right now, uh, I'm sure you got a ton of takeaways. Like I said, I'll put Andrew and Sweet Nice information into all the show notes and where you can go and find. Again, uh, this episode has been sponsored by Sweet Nice Ice Cream. Very much looking forward to partnering with this uh, amazing black-owned company. Very much looking forward to, to bug Andrew a little bit here and there about the Trinidadian, the Roti, and the Jamaica and if you've not written a five-star review on iTunes for the Ryan Holtz Show podcast, please do so. Take out Ryan Holtz one. I'd love to share it out on social media. And if you have not subscribed to the YouTube channel, go to youtube.com forward slash Ryan Holtz. And please subscribe to the channel. And again, thank you for the reviews, the listens. We appreciate you. And always remember, curiosity should always be your mandate. Thank you.